0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Sports as a Job podcast journey of the working sports professional. This is your host, Colby Castillo, and on this podcast, we document my journey working through sports, and we bring on guests to talk about their career in sports, how they got to their story of success, how they went through their journey, and share their insight so that all of you may know there's different options and different paths into the sports industry. So, today's a special day. Today it's the start of season two, episode one. You know, this, this whole podcast thing has exceeded my expectations. You know, I started doing this. I told myself, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to push out episodes, I'm going to push out episodes. And here we are after a whole season, season one, 10 episodes plus a few extra bonus episodes on the side. Here we are now starting season two, episode one. So today's guest, um, he's a former football player and graduate of Concordia St. Paul University. He went from walk-on at the junior college level to then becoming a team captain at Concordia. He is the founder and executive director at Blessed to Announce Project. He is the author of the book, Blessed to Announce, where he shares his story of becoming a collegiate athlete and hopes to prepare the next generation of athletes. So without further ado, let's get right to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports' is Job podcast. You just heard this man's introduction. So let me formally welcome Andrew Capuccio to the podcast, to the Sports' is Job podcast. How are you doing today? I'm
1: doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking for a
0: bit. So I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and, and you know, I really took notice. Um, I saw you on Twitter and I saw you on Instagram, and I really noticed, you know, what exactly... Um, I noticed what you were doing. So, I mean, first and foremost, I kind of just want to say, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, I've had the chance to take a look, like I said, at the different things you're doing and promoting. And and I can tell your intentions are very pure. So, again, thank you for helping, you know, the next generation of athletes and young kids. And so I looked at it. Um, you do have a book out, um, out on Amazon, Blessed to Announce. And then you also started this nonprofit organization called um, Blessed to Announce Project. So if you could really, you know, just kind of explain to the listeners um what this project is, what you do at this organization, and then really, you know, where where did this idea come from? Yeah, absolutely. Um so the book itself, it'd love to announce the book that's available on Amazon
1: as you referenced. That that was inspired through my experience as a student athlete from the junior college level through division two and after graduation. And that's just a resource. Um I wrote that book in mind and all the struggles and new experiences and, and things that I wasn't prepared for as a college athlete. Mm-hmm. I wrote the book from that perspective to try to kind of guide young young men and women who are aspiring and, and currently competing at collegiate athletics and just trying to give them a leg up on um, kind of some of those struggles that we did face. And the organization, organization itself, the nonprofit, uh, 501c3 organization, we are based out of Minneapolis right now, and we have a couple different components is our college pipeline program. And we work with, right now, we've got eight student athletes at the high school level and we give them curriculum every single week. It's kind of a lesson style sit down. Um mean, we really focus on holistic development in these young, these young folks. We we wanna help support them and all their athletic goals, but we really don't focus on athletic development mm-hmm. itself in the, in the program. We kind of talk about those other aspects of being a college athlete. Um, Some things, just for example, we have lessons on time management, academic skill sets, character, leadership, financial literacy, mental health. So kind of a whole circle, like I said, of everything that's going to be going on around you and within yourself while you head off to college and have all those new experiences uh, inside athletics and out. So that program itself gets in pretty deep. We meet 20 weeks straight with the same group. At the completion of the program, we will take them on a sponsored recruiting trip. We give them an opportunity to visit a few different colleges. We'll go as a group, and in and, and addition to the college pipeline program in the fall, we visited about six schools this year in our first year of operation, just to kind of do some team workshops, team visits. Speaking of teams, a little bit of team building, speaking on the college experience, what it takes to be a college athlete. So we're trying to bridge that gap between high school and college, where you see now at the big time Division One schools and a little bit at the lower levels, they're typically our full time college staff. Uh, in the athletic department to support student athletes with things like leadership, career services, academics. Uh, But what I noticed is that seemed to be a little bit too late to make a real lasting impact with some of the guys because you're so focused on your sport and all the new experiences that come with that and and already being kind of overwhelmed. You start to get all these other uh, professionals thrown at you in different fields and trying to teach you different things and it can be a little overwhelming. So I think if we could reach uh, student athletes at a younger age, when they're in high school and they've got a little bit less responsibility, a little bit more time, and they can they can kind of dive into that curriculum a little bit more, uh, it'll only
0: benefit them in the long run. I like that you touched base on that because that was actually going to be my next question of, um, you know, why exactly did you choose um, the high school um, high school students and high school athletes? And that does make a lot of sense because um, did you guys have a like a development leadership development program at Concordia St. Paul?
1: Within the football program, you know the coaches would try to do uh, certain things every now and then, but there was no. Uh, uh, for instance, I know at the University of Minnesota, they've got the link. They've got a whole building. They've got mm-hmm. a leadership development uh, oversight team, and they are they do have more formal setting. But ours was kind of informal opportunities here and there, um and then just within the football program itself, the coaches would kind of you know varying varying at each position and coordinators and they would kind of do some of their own leadership development things uh, but there was no formal program and there was not much um uh, it, it was never really mandatory or, or something that you were required to do so a lot of guys ended up skipping out on it um just due to their other responsibilities and like i said other things that they got going on
0: and i think you know i think that that's something like there's something you talked about um i'm actually trying to implement a um uh, we're starting it this semester It's called the life after the game program for our senior student athletes. It's something I think I've seen. Um, it's a problem and it's an issue. A lot of times, you know, smaller D2 schools, especially with Concordia St. Paul, with Crookston, um, a lot of these other schools in NSIC, these small division two schools, um, they don't have people that's dedicated strictly to these um, development programs. Um, they don't have a formal program that's helping these athletes out. And then like you said, you know, by the time they reach their senior season, senior year of college, um, a lot of these these individuals kind of have that mindset of like they kind of put it on the backburn for such a long time that it doesn't it, it doesn't come to their um, realization of how important it is um, to think about life after the game until it's too late, you know. And then you know I kind of looked at like your LinkedIn articles that you pushed out, and it was kind of very interesting. You know, talked about you talked about um, the skills you learn as a student athlete are really transferable to to the real world. And then you mentioned the most important lesson learning from being a student athlete was um, being on a productive team. And then you touched based on based on being disciplined, um, focusing on the now, and not always chasing the next big thing. So as far as with the Bless announced to project with the organization, um, what's really your goal and your vision for the program or for the organization?
1: yeah definitely so we've got a lot of different things we talk about and, and we focus on many different areas And you know, ideally we want to see these, these young men for right now and young women in the future grow through all these different areas but I think the end result is just having kids be more confident and more aware of how to leverage their sport you know so many times you hear people say sports is my way out or sports is my plan A and my plan B mm-hmm. or sports is taking me to college and that's great you know we never discourage Uh, professional aspirations or competing at the highest level you can. But a lot of, there seems to be a misconception and a disconnect where these younger athletes seem to, To kind of just eliminate those phrases and those mindsets, and, and turn them into more mature mindsets, where they understand that sports is a mean, means, and a means, and a game, and a way to improve your life and, and do with it uh, as you will. But it's not the only option that you
0: have. Mm-hmm. And definitely, it, it seems like um, a lot. A lot of times with these student athletes, like you talked about, they just not have to be aware of these skills that they have as an athlete. You know, yeah, sure, you're 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 pursuing this passion of sports, you're Trying to improve your your craft as an athlete, but it's 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 important not to forget the whole other side. And I like to think you know by building better people and building better leaders, you kind of it kind of transfers over to the athletic side and become a better athlete on the field. And that's like one of the things that we're trying to mold. Um, I'm trying to mold with this whole development program that we we got here at the University of Minnesota Crookston. And so you know you touch baseball, you kind of learn different things about coaching youth. Um, and teaching very young adults. So how do you because I think the, I think the issue with as far as people not really caring about life after the game or not really being educated um, in that terms, I think a lot of times they don't care. I think it's just a lack of caring. And I think one, you know one it could be simply they, they just don't care. or two, I think as as leaders or educators or people who have already been through this path, Um, I think it's our job to really educate them on the value um, of what they have in these experience, the value of, of what they need to learn, of what we're trying to tell them. So how do you bridge that gap of them carrying to actually, you know, understanding that this is important? Right, I think that's a
1: great question. and One of the most important things, I think, is being as genuine as possible when you're presenting this information and speaking on your past experiences. You know, it would be easy for me to get up in front of a room of kids and tell them how great my college experience was and, uh, you know, how many how many absolutely amazing football games I played and all the best buddies I had and all the parties we went to and mm-hmm. I still got good grades and that would be easy, you know, but speaking about the actual struggles that happen and, and occur within college athletics that, you know, oftentimes you're encouraged not to talk about, you know, we're... we're we're kind of told to put those things to the wayside and focus on handling our business, not realizing that that is business in itself. Um, So I think being real in the way that you present the information, like people see from the outside in on social media and whatever that, you know, it looks like a sweet lifestyle, being a college athlete, whatever division you're at, whatever sport you're playing. Um, But I really focus on getting in front of the kids and talking about, look, this is where, this is where I struggled to survive. And and as an athlete, this is where my career was on the, the edge of, Is this worth it? Do I still love it? You know, all those struggles that went into it, looking back on it now, there are things that could have been avoided by having the information. Um, So I think by being real and sharing your struggles, being vulnerable, uh, it provides a sense of, okay, maybe there is more to it than just showing up on Saturdays and and getting on a flight or a bus. And it starts to put those thoughts and take off the blinders a little bit and open the possibilities to how can we prepare for college and life after sport? Um, as early as fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. Um, so, like you talk about the, you know, the being in the now and the coaching youth and all those principles, all that was developed from my athletic background, and I apply it in my my nine to five job. I applied into my nonprofit. I applied into my my speaking, the work that I do, and and it's all it's all core principles. Like you said, building better people, building better athletes. Absolutely. There's a lot of great athletes that maybe are lacking those core principles, but. I could tell you if they if they strengthen that foundation, they would only become a better athlete and a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can become a better person and become a worse athlete at the same time. Um, but you can definitely become a you know lack of those principles, and it can actually be a detriment to your game as well because um, those things do show up on the field. And um, so it, it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting to see full circle. But I think going back to the original question, as far as getting buy-in and changing the culture. of, the mindsets of some of the youth that are preparing for college i think it's being vulnerable being real you know a lot of times in the recruiting process and on social media and these businesses and, and podcasts and they don't share the, the darker side the more struggle side of college athletics and really what you're preparing for and then on the other flip side of it the bright side of how you can turn it into a into a, a leverage like i said it leveraging your experience to get more out of it outside of just athletics so Kind of the flip side there is being real on both sides, of how you can make more out of it, but also understanding that there's going to be some downs and preparing for them so that when you hit those downs, you don't drown and it's not sink or swim and it's something that's never happened to you before. You've never heard of it. you mm-hmm. never expected it. So putting that information in front of them in a genuine, real way um, with relatable stories and experiences, I think is an instant way to build a connection that, that creates buy-in. And then once you the information in front of them, it's just presenting it in a way that can be... Uh,
0: absorbed i i definitely think that we we need more of that um especially for with social media and podcasts being such a big thing a lot of these young kids a lot of individuals you know even our age are hearing these stories about how great life is but they're not seeing the other side of it like you said and you were talking about how by making them aware then they don't get shocked when they they finally go to the college campus and they get hit with all these homework all these classes um all these football meetings, all these athletic meetings, all these different things that are demanding their time and making it really, you know, frustrating them and, and they're all 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 flustered. Um so then, then, you know, let's you talked about being real. So what was like what was the transition for you once football once being an athlete was over?
1: Yeah, once I dealt with the transition twice technically, so mm-hmm. junior college when my junior college tour ended I had I had my associate's degree with no scholarship offers and, and football season was over so for the foreseeable future my my career was over at that point there was no guarantee that i would continue and i wasn't in school um, i was painting houses full-time i was i was indulging in bad habits as far as partying and drugs and alcohol i wasn't training the way i used to be um and i realized i kind of placed my identity in being a football player and once that was gone i kind of lost who i was as a person um you know, luckily, I did get a scholarship offer late in April, uh, and it was like my life did a 180 right there. I went right back to training, eating healthier, right back to those habits, and it was. In, in reflection, it was like I made mean, that big of a life change based on a, a, a direct message from a coach, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or not getting it or receiving it. So it was crazy. So then I, you know, I went to Concordia, and when I graduated there, I was in a much better spot. I learned kind of from the experience at junior college, and I just matured a bit. Um, but I also, I didn't get the job, you know, I. I didn't get a job that I was, you know, it was not a dream job for me moving on from sport. Um, luckily, I did find a passion working with youth and what I was doing. But being away from the game definitely was a difficult transition. But I think uh, a couple of things that prepared me for it were, one, just being realistic and planning ahead. Um, you can't control how much time you have left. So by the time the information was in front of me, some things I missed out on, like internships and networking and club opportunities and off-campus learning opportunities. but I understood that I wasn't going to play professional football long before my career was over, so I was able to start planning ahead. Um, and that was one of the things that helped me put myself in a better position um, by understanding that the only way I would have regrets about my playing career being over is if I didn't give it everything I had. So it really just became a positive thing. I just showed up every day to football like it could be my last, um, gave it all the effort that I had, and it made the experience that much better. And then when it was over, I didn't have regrets. I didn't find myself sitting around wishing I could have did this or I could have did that. I gave it everything I had, um, and that's what it was. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough to still be around the game, coaching youth, and now now running an organization where we focus on preparing guys for that next level. Um, so it's still a part of my life, but I don't have those regrets that we so often see and that, that identity placed in being a football player because I'm confident in who I am as a person outside of being a football player I don't need to identify as a past or current football player to uh, feel confident in, in, in a room and, and be proud of what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely, and I think, you know, fort- fortunately for me, I can probably say the same thing. My same um, The situation with my transition was the same thing. You know, I'm very confident off off the field and who I am, and, I, and that has to really entirely do with me being an athlete really my whole life to build that confidence. And like you said, it gives you that foundation um of core values that you need to be successful in and whatever it is you want to transition into and but I think the one of the unfortunate things is that there are many athletes, many many student athletes who go through this transition, and this loss of identity of being of no longer being an athlete kind of really you know makes them i want to say depressed, you know depressed or 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 they feel lost. they don't know what to do next. and so that's why with this development life after the game program that we're doing here at the University of Minnesota Crookston and athlete departments. We want to help them with that transition. So what would your advice be to these senior student athletes who are about to graduate in four or five months? And what was your advice to be to the individuals who who really kind of started this process of really thinking life about life after the game only now?
1: where I answer as far as seniors go, I think it even starts at a younger age by telling people when they pick a school, you've got to have at least one other strong reason why you choose to go to a college other than the sport itself. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the town, the location, your major, the, the cost. You've got to have a second reason outside of sport because that's once your sport maybe doesn't meet the expectations you had for it or you struggle during that, you have no reason to stay there. You have no reason to be invested in. Um, all the opportunities you have for growth and learning on a college campus, wherever that may be. But as far as once you're a senior and and you start thinking about that transition, it's all about just identifying something that gives gives you purpose outside of your sport. If you don't have a job or a field of study or a person or something that is important to you, your sport is gonna be gone one day, whether you go professional or not whether it's you tear your ACL in your first game your senior year and you never play again, or you go on to be a Hall of Famer, one day that sport's going to be gone from your life. And that means, that means playing it. Now, whether it's sports journalism, whether it's being in a sports athletic department in a role similar to yourself and supporting student athletes, whether it's being a coach, you have to have a plan for something that's going to give you purpose outside of what you're doing. And I don't know if I genuinely had one at the time, but I'm glad I've developed one now. So that was something that I developed even after college. So the earlier you can identify it, the more time you have to obviously implement a plan and, and prepare for it. But, you know, you can't just be living to play a sport. Mm-hmm. That's a recipe for disaster. And and when you're four or five months away from graduating, if you haven't identified yet, if you're just trying to get your degree, go go experiment a little bit. Go check out some jobs in the community. Uh, start talking to your coach about what it's like to be a coach or, or, or a you know, depending on what you're studying in school, start reaching out into different careers. See, you got to find something that that sparks an interest. And oh, okay, this is more interesting than I expected. I can see myself doing this because you're going to be working for thirty or forty years after you graduate. So you want to be doing something that you enjoy. Um, and but unfortunately, I think a lot of times we do see, like you said, athletes kind of maybe chase their professional aspirations, but they don't for athletic um, the athletic side of things, but they don't. You know, you could be a teacher while you're pursuing an NFL career. But too often, we see guys pursue an NFL career while they're uh, working at a restaurant or working security, not doing not doing something that they want to be doing. But they're more just surviving rather than thriving. So, you know, I think not con- confusing the two either. Like, you can still be training for that last drop of gas you got in your tank as a as a competing athlete. You can do that while you're in a professional environment still pursuing your other professional passions at the Mm -hmm. same time they're not they're not exclusive of one another like we talked about before um previously you can do both at the same time so those are a couple kind of ideas don't put prioritizing training for the nfl or or the mlb or whatever it might be over your professional career because they can be the same exact thing you can prepare for both of them at the same time they don't take away time from the other one Um, and the butcher's identifying something your plan b and, and making it something enjoy and that you wanted your plan b is a backup plan it doesn't have to be something that you dislike um, so identifying that what it is for you or you know for those student athletes will be a huge benefit um as they come down the home stretch for graduation and it's not a, it doesn't need to be a you know be all end all answer right when you put that cap on and walk across the stage you don't need to have your life planned out but you need to start being at least thinking about that process and what it's going to look like over the next
0: couple of years yeah definitely i think it's it's important for them to get that process rolling uh, i mean i mean sooner better than later or never at all and it's interesting you talked about how um you can still chase your you know your athletic career as and then still do something you're passionate about on the side um as soon as you said that i was thinking about a usc fighter i'm not too um, sure if you're familiar with the usc but uh Cuenta, he's a he's like a top 10 lightweight in the in the usc in the world And he, on the side, he does, um, he sells houses and he's successful doing both of that. And people always ask him, you know, like, you know, why do you do this? Like, why do you, why do you do do two things at once? And he's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me, you know? Like, if you think about it, you know, I'm doing both things because I love to do it. Like, this is my passion. This is my purpose. So really, I don't have to be a professional athlete if I, I don't depend on it to survive. You know, something about, like you were saying, don't think about surviving, but think about thriving. And I think that's very important for everybody to understand that there's different options, different paths, you know, whether or not you're you have your life planned out or you don't have your life planned out yet. It's it's never too late. Um, And so I just want to end this, you know, this podcast with asking you the question of, you know, who's an individual that you kind of looked up to, whether that be in sports, you know, your professional or personal life. And then like, how did this individual affect you?
1: myself i mean it would have to be my dad i think growing up at a young age just seeing the the work he put in to provide for our family give us us everything that we needed uh that's really that instilled the work ethic in me from a young age i mean i wrote about it in my book it's kind of funny some people think it's a little crazy but you know he used to wake me up at 6 a.m before the bus came and and when i was at 10 and 11 years old and we would go run a mile in the dark and and go to the gym like we were on Rocky or something. But uh, <laughs> seeing the work that he put in and just being just tireless as a worker, uh, that provided me all the opportunities I got through my athletic career, uh, through even even starting a nonprofit organization, just being relentless, dealing with hearing no's for answers and, and not taking no for an answer and, and pushing through obstacles. You know, I grew up watching that in my entire life. Um, and my father's been nothing but a positive role, mo- role model for me. So seeing, just seeing the success he had and, and the work that he put in and seeing what it took and, and being that model for me, um, you know, that, that's an easy answer for myself. Like I said, I think a lot of the opportunities I've gotten through my life kind of stemmed from my work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I can attribute, attribute a lot of that to him. So um, I'm definitely blessed and, and grateful to have a father like him. So uh, that's an easy answer for me on that question.
0: It seems like your father really instilled that, you know, that foundation of core values, hard work, um, relentlessness in you at, at an early age. And so before we, before you go, um, I just want you to plug. How does how does someone, uh, contribute to your blessed announce project? How do they make a donation? How do they just make an impact and help help you do what you're doing
1: right now? Absolutely. Uh, we're BPA project. Uh, just bpa project on on twitter and instagram blessed to announce project on facebook if you just want to stay in tune with what we're doing and just follow what the kids are learning that's great if you're willing to contribute and and, and donate to our cause and it goes directly towards programming and those travel costs that we talked about and just providing a, a solid educational network for these kids that would be at blessed to com. if you visit blessedtoannounce.com, to com, there are free resources on there for parents coaches and families uh a bunch of free resources resources we've developed um you can read a little bit more about our organization and there's also a link on the make an impact page um, where you can make a donation but um if you're not able to donate we would love to just have your support on social media with shares and, and just keeping up with what we're doing we just want people to see what we're teaching the kids and, and the work that we're doing um that's a great first step in just getting our name out in the community and, and kind of starting
0: from there. So. Yeah, I mean, and like you guys, everybody, you heard him um, support what he's doing. He's really, really, he's doing an amazing thing. He's building the leaders of the future. And he talked about, you know, these resources. You can even go on to the blessedannounce.com, and he has resources such as, you know, meals, 20 meals under $3, team building workbook. Um, he's got books and, and projects about Air Goal System, financial tips for success. So, again, if you're hearing this, Support the Blessed and Knowledge Project. Keep up with what the great things they're doing. And, again, thanks for listening to the Sports as Job podcast. And, everybody, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.